of Genesis to come out from among all those people and follow the Lord, even if he doesn't know where he was going. When you know it's God, you don't need to have an approval of man. You just need to step out. When you know it's the Lord, you have nothing to fear. You must have boldness to step out. The work of God and God alone, and it's what he's doing, is not subject to scrutiny. It is not subject to investigation or to discussion. It's only subject to obedience. Now let, let me remind you, it is important for, Ab for Elijah to mention Abraham. The God of Abraham is a God of covenant. A God of covenant, a God of promise. When God make a covenant, it doesn't matter if the whole nation is against you. The covenant of God is intact. Hello. We need to understand about covenant. I have no time to talk about the covenant of God. But Abraham experienced that God is a God of covenant. That he will never turn his back to his promise, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will endure forever. The God of Abraham is a God of promise, a God of covenant. God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, walk with me. Walk with me. What does it mean? Harmonize with me. Agree with me. Because how can two walk together if they are not agreed? Hello. So what God saying to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will become, uh, you will become a blessing to many nations. Just walk with me. And Abraham walked with God. The children of Israel inherited the promise of God to Abraham. Who is the God of, Jacob, uh, of Isaac? The God of Isaac is the God of provision upon Mount Moriah. It's a substitution for Isaac's place in obedience of Abraham to worship God. And God said to Abraham, don't harm your son because now I know your heart. That you will give anything I asked of you. And Isaac was not reluctant because he trusted his father. He saw his father how he walked with God. He saw his father how he cherished the presence of the Lord. Parents, we better be careful how we behave in front of our children. Our preaching will not mount to anything if our lives is opposite to what we're teaching to our children. They're not listening to our talk. They're watching our walk. A God of provision. Father, here's the wood, here's the fire, here's the knife, where's the sacrifice? Son, God will provide. No, he was the sacrifice. He was content, he was satisfied that God will provide. Oh, wow. He did not scream. He did not curse his father. He did not call Bloody Mary because he saw the life of his father, father's obedience to God. So he was confident that if he submit to his father's desire to offer him to the Lord, God will provide. 
God will make a replacement. Hallelujah. God is not a mean God. He's a gracious God. But he needs to try us and to prove how intensified our desire to really serve the Lord and worship him. And when I, Abraham was about to strike Isaac, God spoke and he said, Abraham, do your son no harm. And then he turned around in the bush. There was a ram. Why I could not picture the joy in Isaac's face. Hallelujah. I could not picture the excitement in his heart. Surely the Lord has provided. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. And so they went down rejoicing. Remember when they left the servants down in the valley. Abraham said, you stay here. My son and I will go up to worship him. Nobody went with them except us, the father and the son. When God said, I will provide for you, hold on to that. One day, a pastor called me and I said, Pastor, my, my wife is in the hospital. I need 30,000 pesos. 30,000 pesos or 30,000 ringgit is not a joke. I told my daughter, I said, withdraw all the money we have in the bank. How much we have in there? He said, 38. Leave the 30,000, send him the 35. Dad, we have bills to pay. I don't care. Send it. And we were arguing with and I said, don't argue with me. God spoke to me. When I say that, I said, okay, if God spoke to you, how can I agree? So he obeyed. The following day, the electric disconnection arrived. At five o'clock in the afternoon, you need to pay or else you have no power in the house. And my daughter said, see that? You help people and now we are the one in trouble. I said, honey, I would rather be in trouble and help somebody else. My principle is this. I would rather be a blessing than to be blessed. There's no greed in there. Because when your heart is right with God, God will never put you down. By noontime, I told my daughter, I just felt in my heart that we need to check our bank account. Dad, I'm handling the account. There are only 3,000 there. It's not enough to pay the electric bill. We need 8,725 pesos to pay the electricity. I said, just check it. Dad, I just look at it. Honey, just open your computer. Fine, you know. Then all of a sudden I said, are you pulling my leg? Are you playing games with me? You have deposited money there and you are tricking me. I said, no. I did not deposit. I did not get out of the house to go to the bank. 
But there's a deposit of 10,000 pesos in the bank. Hallelujah. My God provide. My God provide. My God shall supply all my needs. According to his and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. When you know it's God and you walk with God, you discern the spirit of God. You have nothing to fear. Even if you lay down your life. Because God is not a mean God. He will never exploit us. We are the apple of his eye. We are the treasure before his eyes. There's provision for you. But we need to apply the principle of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And be righteous before the Lord. And all of these things shall be added unto you. I was invited. I was living in San Francisco. I was invited to go to Hong Kong to preach. I told my wife, I'm going to Hong Kong. Pack my suitcase. I said, honey, we have no money. I said, I'm not asking you if we have money. I'm asking you to pack my suitcase. The day before I was flying, my flight at midnight. During this day, my wife said, are you still going? Of course I'm going. Are you going to make a fool of yourself at the airport? I'm not going to take you to the airport to take a taxi. If you want to be embarrassed, I, I don't want to be there. I said, fine. So I took up. I went to the airport. The line was long. And it was my turn to go. But I looked around behind me. There were other people. I said, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I was thinking in my mind, am I crazy to go forward there when I know I have no ticket? And then the Lord said to me, he said, are you doubting me? I got scared. <coughs> you know, I got scared because I will never disobey the Lord. Until there is nobody anymore behind me, I'm the only one left. It was Pan American Airlines. They are all gone now, but I'm still here. The airline folded, but I'm still here. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And I said, are you flying? I said, yes. Come, come. My natural mind, I said, my mind was telling me, you are dumb to pull over there. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I pretended I was looking something in my briefcase. He said, hurry up, we'll be closing in 15 minutes, there are no more passengers except you. If you are flying, you better come. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, smile. <coughs> Just spread your shoulder wide. Smile and say good evening and hand your passport. That's what I did. Good evening. And in my mind, they will never see me again. If they laughed at me, so what? There are no more people around. It's just the three of us. If they insult me, they will never see me again. They will, it's impossible for our path to cross somewhere. <laughs> so what would I lose? Nothing. But I will, will lose a lot if I disobey the Lord. So I handed a passport, and he opened the passport, and he said, ah, 
Pastor Rila Rena, we were wondering if you are coming. Your ticket is waiting here. Hello. When you know God, you should not be afraid. Those ladies did not even know. My heart was palpitating. The palpitation is like a, a train of chuguduk, chuguduk, chuguduk. But I was smiling like, but I feel my face is burning. But one thing I know, God will never embarrass you. God will never put you to shame. But you need to be sure it is God, not your foolish swim. <laughs> Amen. And the God of Jacob. Abraham is a God of covenant. Isaac is a God of provision. Jacob is a God of blessing. I will not let you go. I don't care if all my socket will be out of joint and I'm going to be walking like this. But I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to give up until you bless me. No way. I'm not going home not receiving what I came here for. I hope that that's your desire tonight. This is the last night. One more service tomorrow, but tomorrow might not come. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. How desperate are you for the blessing of God? How desperate are you to see the power of God demonstrated on you. When my son was dying with cancer in the hospital in Chicago, eight hours to leave to live. It was a Sunday morning. They rushed him to the emergency room. I was preaching in the church. They called me after the service. They said, You better come. David is in serious condition. What happened? Just come. I said, tell me, I have a guest, a speaker from uh, Honduras, Central America. Dad, I don't care who is your guest. You better come. What happened? She began, said, my daughter was crying. David has eight hours to live. You better come so you can talk to him. I said, I don't receive that. He shall not die but live to declare the glory of God. Okay, I understand that, but you come. The doctor is waiting for you. I walk into the hospital room, into the emergency room. How many doctors were surrounding him? And how many nurses? And my son has a lot of the tube, and, you know, plasma. You know, his, uh, his platelets was uh, 50. His blood, he needed to be infused with how many pints of blood? And the doctor said, let me be straight to you, sir. Your son is dying. He has an acute leukemia. I said, I don't receive that. My God is a God of the impossible. And the doctor said. And my daughter said, sorry, doctor, I forgot to tell you. My father is a pastor. I said, okay, I still have another patient to look up to. And see, he, he walked out. And all the doctors followed him. And all the nurses followed him. And I said to David, 
you don't receive a word from a man. The promise of God is sure. You can bank your life on it. Never doubt it. Do not be afraid. The Lord is your shield and your exceeding great reward. I gather all the people from the church that was there. I said, let's worship the Lord. I don't care if they are okay. We worship God to the top of our lungs uh, and we worship God. We were speaking in tongues. We worship the Lord. The glory of God came down. And all of a sudden, David was speaking in tongues and crying, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm still going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know what? He's alive today. That was in 2010. 2010 when it happened. Hallelujah. 13 years ago, when God make a promise, he will make good of it. God is not a man that he should lie, neither a son of man that he should change his mind. Had I spoken, and shall he not make it, it good? Hello? But if our knowledge of God is so shallow and superficial, we will already die with a heart attack. Last night I was praying, oh God, Remind Pastor David with all your promises that you have promised to him. Refresh it into his mind and let him hang on to it. That he will remember the covenant of God in his life. That he has nothing to fear because his life is secure in the hands of God. Death has no power and authority over his life. He's not yet about to die. The purpose and the plan of God is not yet accomplished. I don't care if the doctor has written you off. It's not over until God says it's over. Blessing is wonderful, but blessing doesn't come easy. If you obey me, if you follow me, I will do this to you. Read the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. The chapter of blessing and cursing. If you follow me, if you obey me, I will bless you in the city. I will bless you in the country. I will bless your children. I will bless your, your basket. I will bless your... That's a promise. Of, but if you disobey, these are all the consequences of disobedience. So Jacob was so determined. I am not going to live. I wrestled with you all night long. I am in pain physically, but I am not going to let you go until you bless me. And God said, what's your name? Jacob, honesty is the best policy. He did not pretend, but Jacob, I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. I'm a cheater. I'm a swamp planter. Ah, what an honest confession. Hallelujah. He who keeps his sin. He who confesses his sin will be forgiven, Proverbs said, paraphrasing it, but he will keep his sin. Hallelujah. We cannot cover our sin, our disobedience for too long. Sooner or later, it will be smelled. It will be smelled, whether it's good or bad. 
There are no secrets that will not be revealed. The dangerous thing is that <coughs> there's nothing we can hide from God. David said, when I go to heaven, you are there. When I go to hell, you are there. Where will I go to hide from you? I am Jacob. And because of that honest confession, it's almost like Isaiah. I am a man with unclean lips. For I dwell among people of unclean, of unclean lips. Because of that honest confession, God said, not no more. He commanded the seraphim and said, take one of the coal from the altar, touch the lips and say, now your sins are purged and your iniquity is cleansed. Hello. Repentance is necessary to get the favor of God. Well, I'm already a Christian. I don't need to repent. I beg your pardon. Read of Revelation. The letter to the churches. Repent. 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 He is not writing to the unbelievers. He's writing to the churches, to the believers. I'm a Jacob. A liar, a deceiver who take advantage with others. How many times he took advantage with Esau? But also Esau needs to be blamed also. So he's stupid not to value the blessing of God. There are people in our churches today that they will sell their birthrights for a morsel of bread with a little temporary place in the world, a little recognition of approval from the people out the world. Hallelujah. May that be happen to all of us here. And God said, okay, from now on you are no longer Jacob. What a blessing. Now you're going to be changed. You're going to be transformed from the inside out. You're not going to become a prince. You're not going to be a prince. Hallelujah. For as many as receive him to them, gave him power to become sons of God. And then Revelation tells us, now through Jesus Christ, we have become kings and priests unto God. Wow. Hallelujah. By just simply being honest to confess. And early in the morning, <coughs> Jacob was walking with a limp, crossing the brook of Penuel. And the sun of the morning was shining upon him. And God is saying, it's a new day for you. This is a new beginning for you. Your past is already covered. Hallelujah. You are, you are no longer in prison of your yesterday. Hallelujah. And as he was crossing, he was saying, I have come face to face with God. He might have a broken limb. And he might be walking with a, with, you know, with a limp all the rest of his life. But he saw God's face. But he has received the blessing of God. But he has experienced something 
that only God can do. Oh God of Abraham, remember your covenant. Oh God of Isaac, remember your provision. Oh God of Jacob, remember your promise. Boom, in a split second, the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice. How did it happen? He made a decision to be serious with God. How did it happen? He fixed the broken altar of his life. How did it happen? He organized his life according to the word of God. How did it happen? He was willing to be the sacrifice. He was willing. He laid down his life for embarrassment. All of a sudden, the fire came. What did I say the first night? The fire is burning. The wind is blowing. The rain is falling. I pray together tonight, God's fire will come down and consume us. Consume me, consume me with your fire, O oh Lord. Consume me, consume me with your fire. Do you know that song? Consume me. Burn everything in me. Until nothing of me is left except the glory of God. And the fire from the throne of God burned the sacrifice, including the stones. And all the water was leaking dry. And all was left is the glory of God. Then God said to, him, to Elijah, I like what it says in that chapter. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And whether you realize it or not, from the beginning of this conference, the word of the Lord has been coming to us. That's not my word. It's the word of God. The word of the Lord has been presented as well, encountered face to face with the word of the Lord. What will be your action? What will be your decision? That's how it lies. There, there where it lies for the fire to come. And God said to Elijah, you know, when a meat is burned, it doesn't smell good. Right? You burn a meat. And God said, every residue needs to be washed away. After the fire, comes the cleansing. Hello. And so God said, till Ahab, go up to your palace, eat and drink, for I hear a sound of abundance of rain. Can you hear? Can you hear the sound of abundance of rain? I've been hearing it from Saturday night. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. Only rain can heal the drought. Only rain can heal the land. 
But before the healing of the Lamb must precede first the sacrifice, the offering, the structuring of our lives. Hello. To put our lives in order and to once and for all make a decision to the Lord. This is it. No more recourse. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Ahab saw the fire. He got scared. The sun was brightly shining. But he jumped up and went to the, his house. Because Elijah said, don't let the rain stop you. How can you argue when you see the fire from heaven? Hello? How can you question when you see the supernatural work, handiwork of God, when you see the finger of the Lord? You'll be stupid to ignore it. Elijah went back to where it all started. He went back to Carmel. What did I say the Last night, Carmel is a filter ground. Carmel is an orchard. Carmel is a vineyard. It's a fruitful land. Anyone that will walk with God will never be barren. After we got married, the doctor said to my wife and I, you'll never be able to produce children. I said, thank you, but no thanks. My God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all what we could ask or think. There's nothing impossible with God. When you saw, when you see already the handiwork of God, hallelujah, manifestation of God, nothing can stop you or change your mind. A few months later, my wife got sick, throwing up. Feeling dizzy, cannot eat. And I said, honey, there is a flu running around. <coughs> the flu is rampant. So I was giving him her medicine. She was taking it. She becoming almost skin and bones. Our neighbor was a member of our church. Rebuked me and said, what kind of a pastor are you? What kind of husband are you? Are you going to wait for your wife to die before you bring him, her to the hospital? She doesn't want to go. Who you are the husband. There's nothing she can do. Pick her up and bring her to the hospital. If you want to go, I will be the one to bring her. I was so embarrassed. And I said to my wife, let's go. <coughs> she was trying to resist me. I said, let's go. The same doctor that told her she'll never have a child is the doctor we went to. He said, okay, you come back next Friday, one week from now, bring a certain kind of frog. I said, doctor, what is the relationship of my wife's sickness to a frog? Just do it. So I asked the young people from our church, can you find me a frog? <laughs> Why? Just find me a frog, this kind of frog. So we brought 
the frog live to the clinic. He said, okay, come back one week. So we arrived in the clinic. We arrived at one o'clock. It's already six o'clock. My wife was not coming out yet. I was getting upset. I said to the nurse, what is taking here so long? Let me know if she needs to be confined in the hospital. Sir, just relax. Smiling. Smiling. Relax. The doctor will talk to you. I said, we are the only one left in here. Six o'clock already. Sir, relax. I was getting upset. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, cool. Cool. <laughs> because when you're upset, you don't think right. Hello? Have you ever experienced that? When you're upset, your attitude is negative. Cool. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the door opened. And the doctor was removing the glove from his hand. And I said, Reverend, congratulations. I said, Doctor, you're insulting me. My wife is sick and you're congratulating me. I said, Sir, Reverend, your wife is not sick. He is, she is five weeks pregnant. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. That's the God I serve. That's the God that I worship. That's the God that I put my confidence with. Do you think after that, I will still doubt God? Hallelujah. The fire came. And God said, the smell of the meat is offensive to me. It needs to be washed away. The rain is coming. Elijah went up to the mountain. He put his head between his feet between his legs, and he said to his servant, go look toward the Mediterranean Sea. How many of you have been to Israel? Okay. When you go up to Mount Carmel, you can see the Mediterranean Sea. Look toward the, the sea. He came back, nada. Second time, nothing. The third time, nothing. Go back again. You know, Persistency is the name of the game. Hello. <coughs> when you give up too soon, you will not see the bacon. Let me repeat again. When you, get, when you give up too soon, you will not see the bacon. Perseverance is necessary. For God will te test our faith. Our endurance. And Elijah said, go back again. The servant came after the seventh time. Seven is a good number. Seven is a completion. A number of completion. Hallelujah. Six is a number of men. Incomplete. Seven is a number of God. God is always complete. When you complete the process of God... <laughs> Nothing can stop the promise of God. Elijah, there is a cloud as big as the size of a man's hand. Look at and listen here. It says on 
Verse 40. Um, Say it in here. 45. Now it happened to the meantime that the sky become black. How can a cloud size of a man's hand can make the sky black? It was not just a size of a man's hand. It was God himself. And it says in here, with, with, with clouds and wind, the fire is burning. The wind is blowing. It was the wind that carried the clouds. I remember when I was growing up, we have a rice field. During the harvest season, before you put the rice into the barn, you need to separate the chaff from the grain. And I never understood it. Watching my mother and the rest of the lady that she hired, she will put the, they will put the, the, the rice in a winnowing basket, the winnowing, winnowing, winnowing basket. And they will whistle like that. I do not whistle. I said, what are you calling? We're calling the wind to come. And all of a sudden, you can see the breeze, and they will like that. And the wind will come and blow the chap away, and the green will stay on the ground. I want you to understand. I don't care where you are. The wind of God is blowing. The clouds are gathering. And the rain will be falling. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, the entire sky becomes dark. And Elijah said to the servant, Go tell Ahab, Ride in your chariot. Go to the entrance of the gate of the city of Israel. I will meet him there. When Ahab saw the clouds coming, said, Elijah, really, is not fooling around. So he jumped into his chariot and he ran. But you know what? When the Spirit of God is upon you, you will be able to do the things that are impossible. When the Spirit is upon you, you will be able to do things that you can normally cannot do. The anointing of the Lord came upon Elijah and he ran and he outran the chariot of Ahab. He arrived at the gates just in time for the rain. And he said to Ahab, it's not in the Bible, but it's just my imagination. Did I not tell you it will not going to rain until I say so? Hello. That's a man that knew God is. And when the rain came, all of the residue of disobedience, of stubbornness, of hardness, of stiffness, all of the bad smell was carried away. Hallelujah. And you notice it when there is a rain, there is a new smell. <coughs> I like the smell after the rain. Hallelujah. Fresh. Nothing was left in the offering except 
the glory of God. I pray to the Lord that nothing that we shall take home after this conference but the glory of God. But the presence of God. But the transformation that should take place in our lives. It cannot be business as usual, beloved. Please, it cannot be business as usual. Hallelujah. God is a serious God. Hallelujah. He's calling us to place of repentance. He's calling us to build an altar. He's calling us to bring him back into the center of our lives and everything that we do. Hallelujah. We need to make a decision. We need to build the broken altars of our lives. We need to organize our activities in life because everything that we do must be a worship to God. I plead with you. Let's give God an opportunity to show to us who He really is. It is the desire of God to reveal to us the awesomeness of who He is. Can you stand with me, please?